today, and I, <clears throat> I ask your uh, prayers. Uh, <clears throat> I've got some of that uh, sinus problem that uh, everybody else is having to deal with. Uh, <clears throat> for years and years, uh, I didn't know what it was. I never did have to. I never did had it. But I guess I'm getting old enough to now that it's affecting me. I reckon. But uh, and also would appreciate your prayers. Uh, I will be going back <clears throat> the third time tomorrow at 1 o'clock to uh, try to get my uh, DOT medical card. That's going. I'll be in the office at 1 o'clock. And I uh, would appreciate you praying for me there that um, we can get that taken care of. And uh, if I can just... Uh, <laughs> Pass that thing two more times, and we're going we're gonna to say, forget it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. But if you love the Lord, say amen. amen. Uh, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. I'm going to read verses 6 through 9 as our opening uh, text today. 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 6 through 9. So we are always confident, knowing that while we're at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now that was, that was the Apostle Paul's feelings. I realize not not a lot of us Christian folks uh, uh, enjoy that same sentiment maybe. But Paul said he'd rather be absent from this body. Amen. He said, if 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 it means for me to be in the present with the presence of the Lord, he said, I'm he said, I'm ready to die. If I can be with God, I'm ready to go. Hallelujah. Let's continue to read. Therefore, we make it our aim whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. What we're going to be focusing on today is the last phrase of those scriptures where Apostle Paul said, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Fathers, we come today, we thank you and we praise you for the privilege to be in this house today. We thank you, God, for what you have allowed us to feel and experience thus far. Speak to us right now from your word. Encourage us, lift us up, and we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' lovely, mighty name. Let the church say, God bless you and we love you in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. By God's help, I want to speak on a message today that I've entitled, The Keys to Pleasing God's Heart. The Keys to Pleasing God's Heart. Sister Darlene sang the song a few minutes ago, I Want My Lord to Be Satisfied with Me. That's my testimony. I want God to be satisfied with me. I want him to be pleased with me. 
And I believe everybody who's got a relationship with God, got a real relationship with God, has got a desire to live their life pleasing to God. I believe you want to touch the heart of God. Uh, If you don't have that desire, then uh, I'm sorry to say your relationship is not what it should be with God. If you really got a relationship with God, then your aim is to be pleasing to him. Now, I think it's going to be obvious that if you truly love someone, you have a desire to make them happy and to please them. And when we begin a relationship with someone, we learn them. It takes time, but as the longer we are with them, we learn them. And we find out their likes and their dislikes. Uh, for example, a wife, after, when she finds out what her uh, husband's favorite meal is, she will make efforts to fix him his favorite meal. Uh, Darlene caught me, by the way, uh, with uh, something called pepperica chicken. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, and then the husband, likewise... Once he, once he learns his wife, he will give her things, bring her gifts that he knows that she would most cherish. Amen. That don't, those things only come natural. If you love someone, you want to do things for them that you know makes them happy. The same is true with our relationship with God. If we truly love him, we will desire to please him in all things. Amen. Now, I know there's been several times in my life that I have broken God's heart. The Bible talks about how that we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And I know since I've been serving God, there have been times that I have broken God's heart. And that, that is not my wish. That is not my desire. And when I realize that, I have a desire to try to correct that as soon as possible. Hallelujah. I don't want the Holy Ghost that God gave me to be grieved with me. Because of my actions or because of my inactions. If we find our actions don't please him, we will change our actions in order to please him. And if you will not or are not willing to do that, then stop kidding yourself. You don't have a relationship with God. You may have a religious experience, but you don't have a relationship with God. Now we all may have different notions on what it takes to please God or how to please God. But what we think may may be far from that. What we think may please God may not please God in the least little bit. Except, excuse me, Cain thought that his sacrifice 
would please God. But God rejected his sacrifice. Amen. It didn't turn out the way that Cain thought it would. Religion may provide you some tradition, but the Bible gives us the truth. There are certain keys which unlock the heart of God to please him. Hallelujah. And really, the things that really are keys to, for you unlocking the heart of God and pleasing him are not hard or not difficult. They're in fact very simple. And you're going to see that as we cover. Now we're going to cover four of these things in this message this morning. Four keys to believe in God. Four keys to please in God's heart. Hallelujah. The first one is believing. That's the first key. The first key to, to the heart of God by pleasing him seems so simple, yet at times so very difficult for us to do. We got so many human obstacles which tear down our faith and make it so challenging for us to simply believe him or the declarations of his word. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, the doctor may give you one report, but my question to you is, which report are you going to believe? Which one are you going to accept? Which one are you going to claim is your own? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, we've got many obstacles, and they, these obstacles, they challenge us just to simply believe him and believe the declarations of his word. One thing that challenges us and keeps us from believing God is just plain human logic. Now I'm going to tell you, your logic will keep you from having faith and believing God. When you try to think things through your mind, your logic it's going to tell you it's crazy if you, if you believe everything that that Bible says. Hallelujah. Human logic. Logic is a hindrance to you believing God. Hallelujah. Another thing is fear. Fear will keep you from believing God. And believe me, the devil knows how to put fear in your path, amen, that will draw and that will steal your belief. Many times, the way we have been taught and brought up hinders our faith and crushes our ability to believe. Sometimes you got to step back and away from what the way you was raised if you're going to walk a closer path with God. Because sometimes, just simply the way we have been brought up and the, and, and the traditions that we have learned, amen, will crush out and challenge us from believing God like. Yet, it remains a requirement that if we are to please God, we must believe and demonstrate faith in him and his word. 
What did Hebrews 11 and 6 say? We quote this around here all the time. But without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. I don't care what else you do. If you don't have that faith, you will never please God. God is not happy with you and you break in God's heart. I'm telling you, faith is an enemy to the child of God. Hallelujah. Doubt is an enemy to the child of God. Hallelujah. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That means that he exists and that he's real. And then you've got to believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. Darling's little dog, Tico is his name. And when we take him outside, if he is a good boy and he takes care of business, he'll come back in the house and, man, he'll run around and turn circles and do everything in the world because he's proud of himself and he knows he's got a reward coming. And if I don't get in there soon enough to get him his treat, he'll bark. Hey, I did my part, now you do your part. Give me my treat. Well, guess what? (laughs) God rewards us. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Oh, glory to God. So it is imperative to understand the key of believing and having faith if you want to reach God's heart by pleasing Him. Church, there is no substitute for believing. There's no work, no deed, no code of rules you can follow which will ever reach the heart of God like simply believing. John six twenty eight and 29, let's see what that says. Then they said unto Him, What shall we do? that we might work the works of God. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. Oh, glory to God. Amen. They were running around asking, what can we do, Lord? What good work, what noble task can I perform? What work can I do? I want to please you. What work of God can we do? Jesus said, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. It seems we all think that that there is some noble work or deed we can do that, that we can do to please God. But the main work of God, according to Jesus himself, is to believe on the one who God sent. There's no substitute for that. No substitute for that. Hallelujah. What are you saying, Brother Sammy? I'm saying the most important thing in your relationship with God is your faith. You've heard me preach this before. Listen, when the devil attacks you financially or physically or or any other kind of way, amen, like if he he attacks you financially, he he don't care about your pocketbook. He don't want your pocketbook. He wants your faith. The devil knows if he can steal the child of God's faith that he have got the child of God conquered. Somebody give him praise tonight. Hallelujah. 
it's imperative that we keep the faith, that we strive, because if you want to touch God's heart, (laughs) glory to God, if you want to touch God's heart, then just simply believe him. I remember that there was a centurion one time. I don't have this in my notes, but just just came in my spirit. The Bible tells us about one time a centurion, which was a Roman soldier general, came to the Lord because uh, I believe it was his servant, if I'm not mistaken, that was that was very ill. And uh, he went to Jesus and asked Jesus, amen, f- f- uh, to give, give him his touch. And Jesus started to leave and to go with him. But the centurion stopped the Lord and he said, Lord, he says, I'm a man. It's under authority. And I have people under me. I say one, go do this, and they do it. I say to another, go over there, and they go, simply because of the authority. He says, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. Yeah. He said, all you got to do, even though it's, tw- even though it's 15 or 20 miles away, all you got to do is speak that word of authority. Right? Hallelujah. All you got to do is speak it. Jesus shook his head. He said, my, my, my. This is paraphrasing. My, my, my. He said, I've never seen such faith. No, no, not in Israel. That centurion had the key of touching the heart of Jesus. And he did it through his faith. Oh, my God. There is nothing. Hallelujah. There is nothing God won't do for you if you simply believe him. I've got to move on because of time. The second key that we want to talk about that touches the heart of God is recognition. Recognition. That's the second key to the heart of God by pleasing Him. And what I mean is that we give Him the recognition He deserves as God. Recognize his intervention and guidance in our lives which makes our existence possible in an impossible world. Hallelujah. Can you imagine the things that God does for people that he has never recognized for? How many miracles, how many works has he done in your life that you never one time recognized God For that. Oh, but nothing. Nothing unlocks the heart of God and pleases him more than somebody, Brother Paul, giving him recognition for what he has done. Recognizing his intervention. Hallelujah. And God, it's in our lives which makes our total existence possible in an impossible world. 
when I seen the song list that Kissy had picked out for day, today, I just, I felt something go through my spirit because I always, during the service that goes on, ahead of time I look for some type of confirmation that I'm on the right track of what God wants spoken today. <clears throat> and the song we begin sums that up right now. He alone deserves the glory for everything accomplished and achieved. Do you have a good job, a good career that enables you to make ends meet? I'm going to tell you, it's, it's not your skill, it's not your qualifications, it's not your employer that's your breadwinner, it's God. Your employer is not your source. God is your source. God is your source. He alone deserves the glory for everything accomplished and achieved. It is His power, it's His strength, it's His design which allows us to live, grow, prosper, and overcome. We have nothing apart from Him. And if you want to please God, (coughs) give Him some recognition from time to time. Psalms 124, 1 through 4 reads like this. If it had not been for the Lord who is on our side. (laughs) Woo, glory. I love that. I love that. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. Oh, hallelujah. There have been many times in my life that I felt like I was under. Do you hear what I'm saying? There have been many times I felt like that I was over my head. Oh, glory to God. But just like I remember many years ago, just a young boy about six or seven years old, a family out and went out to a creek to have a picnic and go swimming. Amen. And I didn't know how to swim yet. And I was waiting out there and I went into a drop off. I was in Mill Creek is where we was at. Amen. And I dropped off and I went under. And I didn't know what in the world to do. But before I could think about it, there was a hand that came down and put me up. And it was a strong hand of my father who was there when I went under. And I'm here to tell you right now, I got a heavenly father. As Darling says, I got a daddy. Who's watching out for me? Hallelujah. When I go under, when I get over my head. Years after that, I had my own family. (coughs) And, uh, Kenny 
Kenny Joe, hell, when he was younger, came out to our house and spent the night. And we went down to a local swimming hole that we went to. And he and I was standing out in the middle, middle of the creek. And a little bit, it was a little bit less than waist-deep water. And uh, Jennifer was sitting on the bank. And she uh, stood up, ev- evidently lost her balance and just toppled over. And I was standing there, and, uh, and I, was, I was talking, uh, talking to him, and something caught my attention. And going downstream under the water on her back with her eyes wide open, Looking at me, there was Jennifer floating by underneath the water. I immediately reached down and I brought her up the same way my father did for me years ago prior. You see, as as parents, we got that instinct. Hallelujah. Many times as a dad... I could, I, I would feel this, and I would, and I, and I've said this. You can say anything about me, do anything to me you want to do, but you don't mess with my kids. If you want to see me come unhinged and unglued, do so. But how much more? That's no different than any parent here. Every every parent would probably say he'll feel the same way. But how much more would our Heavenly Father constantly watching over us when we get over our head? Fourth verse says, Then the waters would have overwhelmed us and the stream would have gone over our soul if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. Give him some recognition for that. You'll touch his heart. You'll please him. When you get a chance to testify, don't get up and talk all half the night about how the devil's on your back and what the devil's been doing. You give him praise to the devil. When you stand up, give your praise to God. Psalm 29 and 2. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Hallelujah. Give unto the Lord the glory. Hallelujah. Recognize him for his intervention in your life. Church, too many times we steal the glory and take the recognition which belongs to God. Don't never praise a doctor, an employer. Don't, don't glorify your self-ingenuity or ability. Always recognize God in every situation. 
He won't allow his glory to go to another. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. I've heard people in church actually praise a doctor giving a medication. God, God, God blesses doctors with wisdom to do what they can do. But if there is a healing in your life, it doesn't come from a man, it comes from God. Recognize him. Let's not steal his glory or steal his thunder. Let's recognize which belongs to God. Always recognize God in every situation because he will not allow his glory to go to another. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8. I've got to move quickly. Listen to what he says. I am the Lord, that is my name. And my glory will I not give to another. Hallelujah. Neither my praise to graven images. Hallelujah. I am the Lord. Let me paraphrase that. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my recognition will not go somewhere else. It's going to come to me. Oh, hallelujah. I really like what Sister Darlene said during the Bible study this past Wednesday night. You see, we don't, we don't, we shouldn't praise God for what He does. We should praise Him for who He is. My, the choir used to sing the song, and we've sung it in worship since then. Because of who you are, I give you glory. And I like what Sister Darlene said, and I said, I want to see it up on the church sign sometime outside. She spoke up and said, I praise Him for who He is. And I thank him for what he does. Hallelujah. When he does something for you, he don't have to do it. So I thank him for it. But even when I don't feel him doing anything for me, I'm still going to praise him. Because my praise is not negated to what he does. It's related to who he is. If I don't never have a prayer answered, if God never heals me, if he don't work out a problem, my God, he still deserves a double L. Oh, my praise! Forgiven. Is the next key. Forgiving. I don't think many of us realize, and I, I'm going to move along a little quicker from here because I want to finish this. And I probably won't give you everything that I have, but I'm going to get the, get the other uh, foundation of it. I don't think many of us realize how pleased it makes the Lord when we forgive those who have wronged us. Amen. I don't think many of us realize how, how pleased it makes God when we forgive somebody who has wronged us, whether or not they have ever come to ask for forgiveness or not. Hello. Listen to me. Listen to Pastor Close right here. The Lord spoke this to my spirit. And I wrote it down. If you could 
peel back the layers of God's heart, kind of like you peel an onion. You know how onion layer upon layer? If you could peel back the layers of God's heart, the center of God's heart is forgiveness. It's forgiveness. Now, it comes through his love and compassion, but the center of it is forgiveness. You are never more like God than when you forgive. That's what he told me. You are never more like me than when you forgive someone. Because he says, I have been doing this since before the beginning of human existence. God is all about forgiveness. The model prayer where Christ taught us to pray teaches us to pray for help in forgiving. He knew we all would have problem when it comes to forgiveness. Luke 11 and 4. And forgive us our sins. We all remember where this is taken from, the model prayer. Forgive us our sins, for we also also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In that prayer where God taught us when we pray, we always ask God to forgive us our sins. But we should always tell God, Lord, I forgive such and such for what was said against me or what was done against me. I forgive that heartbreak, God. Come on, somebody. It's not easily done. But we want to be more like God. We are never more like God or close to him. That's when we forgive. Forgiveness is not only a key to pleasing God, but it's a requirement if we want uh, if we want to be forgiven from our sins and mistakes. Amen. Forgiveness is not only a key to pleasing God, but it's a requirement if you want to be forgiven. Mark eleven twenty five through twenty six. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. My, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. How do I know, Brother Sammy, if... If something like that is hindering my prayer and my walk with God, well, if you come down to pray at an altar, where it be in a church or in your home, and when you go to God in prayer, all of a sudden, something seems to pop in your mind that you wasn't thinking about before you started praying, and what that pops in your mind, you're thinking about 
of friction between you and somebody else. God says, stop it right there and there and go take care of it. Brother Bobby's got a good testimony about that back when he came to the Lord. He did just that. He was somebody just on his way to God, and yet he followed through on some of us who's been in the, been in the church for 20 or 30 years have not been able to do it. Bless the quietness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to read through the scriptures, look up everything, every verse that you can find the word forgiveness and find out how, how this is with God. Hallelujah. There are going to be some people on judgment day who were baptized in Jesus' name and won't make it in simply because they had unforgiveness in their heart. Amen. Mark, well, we re- I just read that. So we've got to understand the, the fourth and the final key <coughs> to unlocking the heart of God and having God please with you is blessing the poor. Blessing the poor. I'm thankful for what Brother Douglas, one of our deacons, still has been doing for years. Started doing uh, back years ago, serving down there under the bridge. During the summertime, they got all kind of help when things are good and warm. But the help gets thin in, in wintertime. But uh, Brother Douglas goes on and helps serve the homeless there under the bridge. There's a key to opening the heart of God and having God be well pleased to you if you bless the poor. The last key that we're going to consider in reaching the heart of God to please Him is blessing the poor or those who are less fortunate than you. This key is linked to thankfulness. A lot of people don't realize it, but it's linked to thankfulness. The best way to show God you are thankful for your blessings is to bless others in their need. The best way for you to show God that you appreciate your blessings. Do you appreciate being able to uh, go to your refrigerator and open the door and get something? When you don't need it, but you really, but, but you just want it. Come on. Are we, are we thankful to God about the home that we live in? The car we drive, the job that we have, the health of our family and children? You know, the best way to show God your gratefulness over that is to reach out. And share a little bit of what God has given you to somebody else. Hallelujah. Job chapter 30 and verse 25. When he was considering his situation, he said, Have I not wept for him who was in trouble? Has not my soul grieved for the poor? And I thought, my, my. 
when I, when I see somebody in, 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 a, in, in a bad situation, a bad need, Lord, when was the last time that I let it get to me, that I let it bother me, and I, that I wept for them? When was the last time my soul grieved enough to see somebody in a certain situation that I was willing to act upon it? And to do something that could relieve their situation. Hallelujah. God has special promises to those who bless the poor and needy. Psalms 41, 1 through 3. Let's read that. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. My, 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 my. Hey, you might not be experiencing no problem right now, but I guarantee you if you live long enough, it's going to hit you. Trouble is going to come knocking on all of our doors. Just because you're a Christian does not keep... Hey, you you can't put a sign, Brother Jeff, up up on your front lawn saying, all trouble, stay away because I've been saved. Trouble's still going to come knocking. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. And this is, this is the key. This is the key. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Hallelujah. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will bless... <laughs> And he will be blessed on the earth. Listen to this. This is the best financial advice that you could ever receive right here. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not, you will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. Come on now. You will sustain him on his sickbed. My, 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 my. <laughs> you can't, you can't go wrong when you reach out and you touch somebody and you help somebody in need. I'm reading one more scripture and I'm on close. Matthew 25, 34 through 40. Now this is talking about on judgment day when God separates what he calls the sheep from the goats on one hand. There's going to be a separation day. And this is what's going to happen. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come you, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say unto them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, 
you did it unto me. Some of you have fed Jesus and you didn't realize it. Some of you have helped someone, but you was helping Jesus. Oh, my, my, my. Hallelujah. Church, I mentioned Cain a while ago. And after he messed up and he got jealous and he stretched his hand out and killed his brother and God came a-looking and God asked him, where's your brother? Remember Cain's reply? Am I my brother's keeper? Guess what? We are our brother's keeper. Hallelujah. God expects us to be his hands, his feet, his ears. Because we are his body. He's back in the spirit world right now. We are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. (coughs) Yeah. <coughs>